Sterling looking for Kane. An early chance, an early England goal. Short's delivery, and it's Harry Maguire. Hello and welcome back to What the Fork at the Euros. We said at the beginning of the tournament that we were going to have a preview and a review show for each and every England and Scotland game. And while Scotland did keep up, keep up their promise of only playing three games, England are bloody well going for it. And thus today, because the time scales are short, we're doing a review and a preview of England's previous game and the next game. Most importantly, though, We'll finally have a show that allows two people with the same name on the show, the two best mats that I know on the planet. Uh, first and foremost, it's Scouse Matt, which you will be referred to on this show from This Is Tramia. Scouse Matt, how are you doing? Are you all right? Can I be Birkenhead Matt instead? Yeah, you can like, be Birkenhead Matt. We're not, we're not Scousers, we're not Scousers, we're from Birkenhead. Oh, have I, have I, have I did a four, a four par there straight away? <clears throat> yeah, well, do you know what? It, nothing changes on this podcast, does it? You know, four pars, <laughs> two pissed to do the show, you know. Just uh, it's just another what the falk, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if we go back to the Croatia game, I, I can barely remember what I said. I haven't listened back to it. Yeah, I probably should. Um, oh, a great show! So they said. Um, <laughs> second of all, of course, as always, ever faithful. Now, uh, Jill's in the blood. Matt, Matt, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, still buzzing after Saturday. Really good performance, wasn't it? And, and looking forward to, to Wednesday and this quick turnaround. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I'm pleased we're there. Put it that way. Um, and a man who's been faithful since day one, one who's probably believed since day one as well, like genuinely, Mr. Jack Shields, how are you coping with the nerves, mate? You all right? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, yeah. Denmark, it's going to be in the bag, isn't it? I mean, we've overcome Germany. No, in all seriousness, I think it's just nice to have a bit of positivity, isn't it? Not just with football, with everything that's gone on the last year or so. And uh, yeah, bring it on. I think everyone's getting behind it and it's... Every game's getting bigger, but every game's getting more exciting. And there's a chance that we could do it, but come on, let's get behind them. I don't like what's happening up in Scotland at the minute. We've gone from like the last time we got to the semis, like, ah, you're going out every round and me being like, no, no, you're, oh, you're crapping yourself a bit. Now it's like Scottish people going, ah, you'll be all right. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want that. I don't want That's you to tell me you're going to be all right. No, it's not. It's really not. It's, it unnerves me more than it should, but well, well, you never know. Um, I'll start with the, the Ukraine game, of course. As I said, we're doing a, a review and a preview show, such as Time Scales allow us. So I'll come to you first, Birkenhead, Matt. Um, I'm not sure I've ever had such nerves for a game, only to be able to put my feet up and relax with about 30 minutes or so to go. Uh, what did you make of the game? Well, I, I had to watch it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was working. Like, obviously, the, the clubs are back and it's um, table service. And we opened eight on a Saturday and we were like, is anyone going to even be there? I had my Mac uh, and the iPlayer just watching it, uh, you know, and I can't hear the commentary. And then, um, yeah, it was that early goal. And it's, it's a cliche, it's, it don't care who you support, but if you get that early goal, it changes the game because the concern was always going to be, wasn't it, that they were just going to sit Ukraine. That's how they've played all their games, to be honest. That's how they got through the group was sitting, sitting, and then they hit you on the break with like Yarmolenko. And then... Um, because they've got some good players. His name is just what's the guy from Atlanta? I've just he's my favourite player, and it's just my mind's gone blank. 
I know who you um, mean. Everyone yeah, knows oh, who you mean. He's fantastic for Atalanta, and I love Atalanta. And um, Darmenchuk. No, oh, what is his oh, name? Was he the other lad up front? Yeah, he was good though, wasn't he? Number nine. Look, he's a handful. Um, <clears throat> it was just the sort of performance that you know. I presume you know, Gillingham fans and fans, Tramie fan. It's the sort of performance that in big games we're not used to seeing from our clubs. We're used to, like you say, the last half hour of a game. Normally, is even if we were four 0 up, you go in. You know, we will still find a way to to balls this up. But this this squad is different, isn't it? This set of lads is different, and that performance was as as complete a major tournament performance as I've ever seen in my lifetime from the England team. I think it might the only one that comes to mind is, is the Holland game in Euro '96. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, I think people, I think we spoke about it in the last one we, we talked about the Euro '96 one. It's romanticised a lot because of you know football coming home. It was a lovely su- summer, sunny. We didn't play that well in any of the games, other than probably the Germany game and the Holland game. We were poor against Scotland, poor against Switzerland, and got lucky against the Spanish. This tournament, we've got better and better as the game's gone through, and we we looked like you know it, we made it look easy, didn't we? A quarter final of the European Championship. So yeah, a great performance, great team performance, and you know Sancho came in. And Sancho was unbelievable, wasn't he? He was unbelievable. People were clamouring for him. And then Grealish didn't get a minute. Foden didn't get a minute. You know, the subs that he made. And you normally, you'd look at subs like that in a game and go, is that weakening the squad? Not a single one of them subs weakened that team. I know we were 3-0 and 4-0 up at the time, but still, just what a performance. Yeah, I 100% agree. I can't add much more to that. But nonetheless, I'll try and get Matt to see if he can add more. Uh, Southern Matt, as I'm going to refer to you now as. Um, Matt, what, what did you make of it? Obviously, great performance. But uh, what were your thoughts? I think I said over the weekend to someone, I think I was talking to my old man and said about it and said, I don't recall a tournament in all my time watching the national side where we've played two knockout games, whether that be a World Cup or a European Championship, and I've not felt nervous at all. Even the German game going into the last 15 minutes, never felt like we were in any bother, aside from when Raheem Sterling decided to try and help him out because he felt sorry for him. But the Ukraine game, like... Um, the other Matt said was brilliant because we scored early and we knew the longer it went on, if they sat in, tried to make it difficult for us, we might have got a bit twitchy. We didn't have that Wembley roar to help us out. But Harry Kane scoring inside four minutes effectively won us the game because the only time they really looked like they was causing us a problem was by accident when they had to take their centre off off when he got injured and they had to change the shape and they had a little spell right up to half-time. Um, there was one I think Carl Walker sloppy back pass they got in John Stone's done well to show the fella onto his left foot and, and Jordan Pickford made a fairly routine save but apart from that we were very very comfortable and it only looked like we was only going to ever be in trouble if we caused it ourselves which we did on that occasion but as soon as Slabhead nodded in that, that second just after half time it was, it was a walk in the park wasn't it? and that's no disrespect to Ukraine we were very comfortable we barely got out of third gear and we won pretty comfortably We've spoken about Gareth Southgate so many times on this podcast over this tournament. He just keeps getting it right. Team selection. I tweeted Sunday morning and said, we all have our opinions on who should be playing and who should be playing where. But at the moment, frankly, I don't care who he picks because he's proven game after game after game in this tournament that he's got it absolutely spot on. Five consecutive clean sheets. It's never been done before um, at a European Championship, I don't think. We said after the first game and the Scotland game that you don't win tournaments in the group stage. You can only get knocked out. 
we're starting to look more of a threat going the other way. We're scoring more. Harry Kane's up and running and playing like the Harry Kane that we know. I'm very confident against this Danish side. The only thing in the back of my mind is this this whole Christian Eriksen thing that, you know, they're, they're playing for Christian Eriksen. And if it was Denmark playing any other team, you'd want Denmark to win. But obviously we have to try and take that out of the equation. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that we're going to be good enough to see off Denmark. Like I said on Saturday, if we do everything correctly again and we don't just turn up and think that we've, we've got a divine right to go through to this final at Wembley. But I don't think Gareth Southgate and his coaching team will allow that. And I don't think the players will allow that to happen themselves. So I'm very confident and it could be another very, very good knockout performance from a Gareth Southgate's England side. I think as well, you've got, this team's had a, a semi-final already. It's not like the last time where it was a bunch of youngish lads at the first tournament. I know there's still a few that still their first tournament, but Stones, Pickford, just off the top of my head, Maguire, it's their second tournament, so second semi-final. And I remember how much the Croatia game hurt to the point where I was just like, I can't speak about this currently. I just need to take it on board that they were the better team and that's it. I think me going, obviously having tickets to the game, which was a dynamite gamble, by the way, I must say, that was a great gamble for myself to buy tickets in advance and pay silly money. Um, but I feel there's a part of me where I'm a bit more confident because I know they've been there and I know they've felt the same hurt that I felt and probably more so because it's their professional careers. And that makes me feel like it doesn't really matter what Denmark team show up. They shouldn't allow that to overcome our team, which is on paper, which football's not played on. It is better, as we said about the Ukraine game. But, but Jack, before uh, we go on to sort of other aspects of the game. Um, is there anything that you can to add to what we've already said already or happy as Larry? Yeah, just very, very happy. It's unusual watching England and being so comfortable. We've kind of been, you know, on edge pretty much all the time England are in tournaments, haven't we? Whether it's either, you know, we need a goal or it's going extra time or dreaded penalty shootout. And I think it was, it just shows the maturity. And I think, not just the maturity of the lads that the you know the, the significantly better mentally than they were than physically as well three years ago, but I think what it shows is it shows that they just they get the job done, don't they? Do you know what I mean? I think you know there's there's often you know a lot of hysteria around an England team, isn't there? You know there's always a you know someone being injured going into tournament, and you know this is going to be our year, and I think it's just they're getting the job done, the winning football matches, keeping clean sheets for fun, and I think it's just. Really, we're getting more hype than they are. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just this, there's a very it's a very calm squad. That the calm, the belief in their abilities, um, and yeah, I think I, I was it's unusual because the only the only worry I had was that you know Ukraine were going to fight and going to make it difficult. It was going to be a nil nil. You know our lads were going to underperform. weren't going to create a bit like the Scotland game. Do you know what I mean? I think not for mm. effort. I think the lads did try against Scotland, but I think we were a bit flat. Um, didn't know how to break them down. Obviously, Scotland up the game, and I got had. I had a slight thing in the back of my head. Are Ukraine going to up the game and are they going to frustrate us and we're going to be sloppy? And it was just not like that from the, the third or fourth minute, whenever it was, when Harry Kane got that goal. Everything just seemed to flow. You know, the movement was there, the speed, the intensity was there. And I you know, agree with what the other lads have said. You know, we seem to be getting better. Every, every match we're playing, we seem to be improving. Um, and really, I think with the home crowd behind us at, uh, on Wednesday, um, Denmark, they're a decent team. Don't get me wrong. You know, any team that gets to a major, major final, major semi-final, sorry, should I say, uh, have to be respected. But I think, you know, if we play even 90%, 80 90%, I think we'll have too much for Denmark. I really do. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so as well, significantly. I'm just nervous because I'm 
I'm in England and Sunderland fan, which I'm sure you'll feel the same with your respective clubs. Um, Jack, I'll stick with you in terms of performances from the Ukraine game. It, it's hard to pinpoint who was player of the match, and it, it's been like that an awful lot during the tournament where you've gone, well, it's just been good performances, nine times out of ten, apart from Scotland game. Um, Luke Shaw, outstanding. Harry Kane, looked like Harry Kane. Harry Maguire looks like he's not been out for three months. He's... He, He's turned into like Maldini out of nowhere. I used to not rate him that highly and he's superb. I'm totally wrong. I thought Declan Rice was great. I thought Calvin Phillips was excellent. Jaden Sancho, that Matt touched on before. But um, if you had to pick out players that stood out for you, who would be the players that you were most impressed with in uh, the game on Saturday? I would say the two that came straight to my head were Sean Kane. I thought um, Luke Shaw down the left hand. You know, the position was superb. The deliveries into the box, uh, the, the areas he was getting in, you know, the speed up that left hand side at which he was joining in as an attack, um, as an attack was fantastic. I think it's really it's it's a it's a great option to have full backs the bomb on. It gives you so much width in final areas. I mean, a lot of the you know pretty much all the goals are from by the first one with crosses, and I think that gives you it gives you that extra impetus from wide areas. And it allows you to stretch a defence against a team that was always going to be defensive and try and frustrate us to have full-backs pushing on, like Luke Shaw did to a great extent um, uh, and, and success uh, uh, on Saturday. It really it provided us just that extra option in the final third. I thought it was excellent. Solid going back as well. You know, I can't recall any time he was, he was troubled by any of the uh, Ukrainian players coming at him or even getting past him. So not only good going forward, which is always important, but you know the main thing is that he was solid at the back. And he was, you know what I mean? So I think Luke Shaw stood out. And I think, obviously, Harry Kane, um, you know, you want your talismanic striker to be scoring goals. And after the first couple of games, it was like, mm, is he going to be there? But now three goals in the last two games, exactly like the Harry Kane you'd expect to see, isn't it? You know, sharp, uh, aerial threat, you know, movement's excellent. And, and you know, getting getting on the end of chances, which is he's made his career out of. And um, not only that as well, though, linking up better, you know what I mean? I think the last couple of games, he seemed to link up with the midfield a little bit more and just... Being more involved in the game as well, do you know what I mean? It's such a cliche that strikers get judged on goals, but I think his overall performance and contribution has been a lot better the last couple of games. First couple of games, people saying, "Why, you know, take Harry Kane off?" and he hasn't done anything, and you know, what's he contributing? Whereas nobody, even if you take the goals away, you know, the last couple of games, everyone can say that Harry Kane's played a huge part in England as an attacking unit. I feel in the last couple of games, um, so I would say they were the two that stood up, but you know, all over the park. You know, at the back in the midfield, you know, the players you've touched on, Grim. I can't recall anybody really that had a bad game even or even an average game. Pretty much everyone was at least a six or a seven out of ten. And, uh, yeah, it was a comfortable, comfortable evenings, evenings performance. Looking ahead, Matt, keeping on um, on Harry Kane, is it just me or if the only disappointing aspect of that night was the fact that his volley didn't break the back of the net? Because that would have been iconic, wouldn't it, if that went in? Just unmute myself there. I'm glad you brought that up because it's been going through my head since. What a goal it would have been, man. I've, I finally managed to find, I don't know where it was, I think it was the ITV. They've done like a raw highlight. Do you know, like BT Sport do like Champions League raw and it's like raw footage of, and I've been waiting going, why have we not seen the angle from just behind him? You sure we could see, and it was going in the top in. What a goal. I think it got like made slightly better by the fact we scored off the resulting corner than we Henderson scored. But, just when he hit that, it, that just shows the difference that he tried something similar in early in, I think it was the Germany game and he tried something in the Czech game and it just, I think one went flying over the bar and one went out for a goal kick and he did just seem almost like, you know, he was getting a lot of stick that 
is now looks ridiculous. But at the time, he, he just didn't seem right, did he? Seemed off. Just he was dropping way. too deep, wasn't he? Previously, yeah, yeah, dropping too deep, and you couldn't quite put your finger on it. And then the goal goes in against Germany, and that was almost like you know the, that the Germany game was almost not again another cliche, the turning point where the belief sort of kicked in, and we all went okay. Right, this team's different. This is a different England. I think the biggest moment we're going to look back at is T- Thomas Muller's miss that, like, still gives me like I haven't slept since. To be honest, since that, like, as he went through on goal, you just you were like, oh, here we go again. It's all it's all happening again. And that, and then we went and scored almost you know, a couple of minutes later, didn't we? Straight away got the second. Yeah. And just the whole performance, you touched on a few of the players there. Like Mason Mount came back in and he'd been, you know, obviously unable to play because of the Billy Gilmore thing. That was ridiculous. Yeah, mad. Sancho comes in. There was that, the other highlight of the game for me, other than that, the Kane volley, was that little run Sancho did down on the left hand side near the end of the first half. And he beat about three players. He got fouled once, carried on, and then got fouled again. And the ref pulled it back for a free kick. And I just watched that and I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, this is a player who hasn't played in the first four games. And he's come in and you look at him and you go, how can you drop him? But then you look at, you know, Saka after his performance in the Czech Republic game and, and the Germany game, you go, how can you drop him? Grealish. The abundant like, of just riches we've got of attacking talent is phenomenal. The only weak part you'd say maybe is the centre-halves where if there's an injury or a suspension, I don't think there can be a suspension now, can there? Um, everything's reset. But if Stones... This is a red. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Which, fingers crossed, there's not. Um, If Stones or Maguire got injured, Cody and Mings aren't quite the same level. Mings did brilliantly in in the games he played, but they're not quite... That unit there, that back four of Shaw, Walker, Stones, Maguire, and Pickford behind him, is such a settled back four. But it showed, like, in the Germany game, if we need to go to a back five, Trippier comes in. And um, it's just, it's such a strong squad of every single player in that squad. And Southgate touched on it, didn't he, after the game? So what, the hardest thing for him is telling the three lads that can't make the squad, or was it four, whatever, three, you know, yeah. the lad, yeah, three that can't make the, the match day squad um, and explaining to them. But he said, even them, they're all, it's such a united squad. I've, all those behind the scenes videos I keep seeing that the England Twitter puts out. Like these, this is a different set of lads, isn't it? It really is compared to the almost toxic and poisonous you know, cliques that have been there in the past. That isn't there, and that they seem such a level-headed bunch. And to, like, I'm proud that they're representing England because mm-hmm. there's been we've had some idiots, haven't we, representing us and stupid, you know, and just people you're like bloody hell, they chat nonsense. But every interview they give from Southgate all the way down through all the players. They seem to be the same as us, and that no one's getting carried away yet. But there's real belief there, and I don't think the real belief was there in the Croatia game. Was that we almost felt like it was, you know, we were just happy to be there. We're not happy to be in this semi-final, you know. And it's Wem- the Wembley factor too. We haven't touched on that yet. It's now semi-final and a fa- possible final at Wembley. It just is, as you know, a few people have mentioned, that Christian Eriksen fact is just hanging over us, isn't it? Yeah. And you just think, is it another 92? Is Denmark's name on this trophy? There's an element of it, but I suppose, touching slightly on the Denmark game, and I could be proven wrong, as I always say, but there's a part of me that thinks Denmark probably more motivated to play and play well and, and win a game for Christian Eriksen. I've never seen them more motivated than the game against Belgium. 
and Belgium's quality just told. And I mean, there's plenty of times when, you know, you're, you're desperate when you game. We've seen your team sweat, blood and tears on the pitch and it's just not quite been good enough. Me and Jack will probably attest yeah. back to the to the Man City versus Sunderland game. We did nothing wrong in that cup final, but Yaya Tua scored a goal from 45 yards out. What do you do about that? And I'm not saying we're going to score 45-yard goals, but the, the difference between them is if we have that little bit more quality. But anyway, I'm, I'm going into it anyway too far. Um, but but Matt, uh, Southern Matt, I'll come to you as well because I've primed this question specifically for you. Uh, Southgate played an absolute blinder again. Other Matt touched on the fact that Sancho hasn't had a look in and he potentially could have been man of the match for me. He looks fresh as a daisy. Um, how big of a part does Jaden Sancho play moving play in the, the games that we, hopefully two games that we have left moving forward? Um, a huge part he has to, doesn't he? I mean, like yeah. Northern, uh, Birkenhead, Matt, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> said, it's, um, you pick a player and you go, he's had a belter. You can't leave him out, but then he picks someone else and they have a belter and you say you can't leave them out and then he's having to leave some out. And like we've mentioned, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is another one who, who's barely featured. Um, Marcus Rashford's barely featured. I think he he had something like 26 goal contributions last season for Man United. Rhys James um, and Ben Chilwell won the Champions League and they've played one game between them. <laughs> ben Chilwell's not had a minute yet, has he? No. Absolutely, right. I know, and I know we had the um, the COVID thing with him as well, which was ridiculous, like we've already said. But yeah, Champions League winners barely getting a minute. Foden, we thought was going to start every game at the start of the tournament, if you believe the press, barely had a kick. Um, in terms of those that were probably slightly under par for me <clears> during the Ukraine game, I thought Carl Walker just looks a little bit lax a couple of times, but he's been prone to that throughout his career. Mm-hmm. The only good thing with Carl Walker is he's got such blistering pace that he tends to get himself out of trouble. Um, and the only other, I, I just thought the game passed Mason Mount by at times. I'm not saying he was poor. There was no one that was poor. But I just think because we know how good he is as well, I just think there were times when it, it was just sort of the game was being played around him. But maybe that's because Sterling was very good and Kane was very good and Shaw was very good and Sancho come in and, and, and drew attention away from him as well. So... Maybe I'm doing Mason Mount a bit of a disservice, but I just thought that that wasn't his best performance. But the good thing with this England side is that if one or two are only a six or a seven, the others are all sort of sevens, eights and nines, dare I say, at the moment. And, and that was the case again. And, and Luke Shaw, I think, was, was justifiably man of the match. I thought he was absolutely superb defensively. We've already mentioned didn't give anyone a kick and his delivery was spot on and two assists and Harry Kane as well was involved in all four goals wasn't he scored the first fouled for the second scored the third and won the corner for the fourth one and was a couple of fingertips away from scoring one of the the one the European Championship goals I think a couple of people said it had been up there with Van Basten yeah I'm not sure it was quite that good um based just on the angle but it would have been a bloody good goal if it had gone in the top corner. and uh, But maybe saving that for the semi-final and the final. I was going to ask Jack this, but I've realised that me and Jack will be far too biased to answer this question. So I'll come back to you, Matt. Um, Southern Matt. Um, <laughs> this is going to become a thing all through the show. I didn't think this through. Um, Jordan Henderson. I love him for obvious reasons. Um, he looks match fit. Rice and Calvin Phillips have been excellent. And I'm not saying in any way, ships as a form that they deserve to be dropped. 
But because of these big, important games and you've got a guy who's won the league, won the Champions League and he's in the prime of his career, probably, I would say. Does Jordan Henderson come in now? Based on them two things, you'd have to say yes. But if, you, if you're looking at performances, I think it's tough to leave them two out. They've done absolutely nothing wrong. They've given us this base and it comes back to people who know better than Southgate. Um saying we shouldn't play two defensive midfielders in certain games. And I was probably one of them against the uh, Czech Republic. I said we could afford to leave either or out. But what they do is they allow the Sterlings and the, the Grealishes and the Mounts and the Fodens and the Rashfords and the Canes and the whoever else I forgot to mention. Sancho. That, that, play in, <laughs> that play in that front four to go and just annihilate back fours, back threes. And that's what we've seen in the two knockout games. I think we took a while to get going. Maybe we took a while to, to learn how exactly we wanted to play. Maybe Southgate didn't know his best 11 because he has got such an abundance of riches in forward areas. But it comes back to the fact that we've played five games. We've won four of them. We've not conceded. We're scoring plenty now at the knockout time, which is the most crucial time in the tournament. He's not doing anything wrong, Gareth Southgate. Um, I could totally understand if Jordan Henderson did start against Denmark but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's wrong if he's on the bench again because it would be unfair on the two that have been in there throughout the whole tournament they've been absolutely spot on and, and you know considering their age and where Calvin Phillips has come from in the last two years and Declan Rice it, they, they've been phenomenal um, so if you was asking me to say would I put him in probably no. And I if would it was argue a, with that, to be fair. If I, it I was think... a Portugal or a France, I think you'd be more inclined. But no disrespect to Denmark, they're probably a step up on Czech Republic that we beat in the group. They're probably a step up on Ukraine that we beat on Saturday. But they're not better than Germany. And Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips both started against Germany and were very, very impressive. So for me, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm a big fan of Declan Rice and I didn't think I was before the tournament. I didn't dislike him, but I think it's not just the way he plays, it's the fact that he managed to do something funny every single game. I don't know whether you've seen it, <laughs> but he's uh, obviously the Germany game, he, he he collapsed and then still tried to celebrate and collapsed anyway. This game, I think it's Harry Kane like jumps on top of Harry Maguire. <laughs> Playing with celebrate. a choke slam on BBC Sport, yeah. And his face is just like, you need to stop, you need to stop, I can't breathe. <laughs> his eyes are starting to bulge out of his head, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> And he just doesn't well, say you anything. Have seen the behind the scenes video today? No. Um, on Twitter, they put them during the swimming pool on the bloody um, inflatable, inflatable flamingos or something. Yeah, and the unicorns. And um, right at the end of the video, I think it's Jack Grealish holds out this inflatable shark. And Declan Rice just goes, It's Edge, it's Edge, and spears this shark, like Edge the wrestler, into the swimming pool. And he's just thinking, like, How long till we get a report going? Declan Rice has separated his shoulder frolicking in the, sw in the swimming pool and we'll miss the rest. But like, it's just seeing them. And there's some great videos of um, Saka. It like, he's yeah. just come a cropper on one of them unicorns. His face, he's just bit like, they just are, they just seem like, like a different set of lads. This It's not like any set, even the World Cup group. This is just such a, and the, the average age isn't, I think, it's Kyle Walker, the oldest at like 31 or... Jim Henderson, Henderson, Jim Henderson yeah. I think, yeah. Who's in the, like you said, he's in the prime. So it really is just, you know... I mean, it, it could go all egg on our faces. There's still two games to go. But, I mean, I think the amount of players, when we look back and go, why did it look... Say say the bad news happens 
or even if the good news happens and we look back and say, why did that tournament work so well? It's not just that they're good players, but they're young, they're in their prime, but they've got boatloads of experience. Like you talk about there, Reese James is a relatively new player. He was on loan at Wigan two years ago, yet he's won the Champions League. He's picked up Champions League experience a year before the tournament. I almost feel like this extra year delay has really helped England as yeah. a tournament. It's really helped us because Grealish has got now two years. Grealish is hitting his pump. Like Saka's emerging through. Jaden Sancho has been electric for Dortmund. Harry Kane's gone from being probably the best striker in in the Premier League to potentially the best striker in the world. And I don't think that's saying anything mental. I really don't. I think there's only maybe Lewandowski that could challenge him. And you've got all these players maybe a year ago. We might not have been saying these things about these players. Um the scary thing for the rest of the world potentially is if we don't win this one, all these players are going to have two years experience in them come the next tournament. And if we're getting this far with this amount of players who are only in their first tournament, like if it doesn't come this time, something's coming. I'm suddenly confident that we might win something in my lifetime. I just pray to God that it's this one particularly, because I'd be quite happy not to win it anymore. So I'm going to win one. I'm happy with that. And I'll, I'll say that on record. I'm fine with it. Um, Jack, I want, I want to ask you a question about Denmark. We'll move on to the Denmark game now. Um, as I said before, I, I took the gamble on the tickets before the Ukraine game. It sounds very complicated, but there was a good chance we were going to beat Ukraine. So I thought, well, fair enough. So that gamble's paid off, which is brilliant. Would I do the same for the final? I don't know. Because Denmark feel like a different proposition to Ukraine. Wholly different. They're the last side to beat us at Wembley. Bearing in mind it was against what have ended up being nine men, but ten men for most of the game. But... How good are Denmark? Uh, I think they are pretty good. I, I would agree with you on that one. I think they're a definite step up from Ukraine. Um, I would kind of have them in like the next bracket down from the top teams. Do you know what I mean? You would, I would you have to class England as a top team now, I would say, on this performance. But you've got your maybe England, Portugal, France, Italy, Spain to a certain extent, Germany. Maybe that's kind of the top bracket of teams. I wouldn't put Denmark in that bracket but I would certainly put them down in the next bracket as, as a good team do you know what I mean I think they've got some some decent individuals and I think um, yes they had, a, they had a bad start obviously with what happened with Chris Eriksson was horrendous to see um, as someone who's had you know cardiac problems myself I, I know it's horrendous to, to be in that environment but um, I think that has spurred them on a little bit they've gritted the teeth yeah they lost the second game but they managed to get the job done in the, in the third game and go through and then beat a, a pretty good Wales team and I thought that would have been a, a, a quite a close game against Wales trounced mm-hmm. them 4-0 absolutely dominated um, and then didn't play hugely well but got the job done against Czech Republic so I think we shouldn't think it's going to be as straightforward as the, the, the Ukraine game that are a better team than Ukraine um, and I mean Carl, you know is it Braithwaite or Brathwaite I don't know how to pronounce it you know he, Braithwaite, um, you know, he plays for Barcelona Braithwaite yeah plays for Barcelona do you know what I mean so Judging by that as a yardstick, I don't know a great lot of the individuals, but you know him and one or two others. You know they are they have some good good players in that in that squad. Even looking at the goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel, do you know what I mean? He's he's a he's a top goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeepers probably in the Premier League. He's won a Premier League title. Do you know what I mean? So they have players that have played at the top caliber, um, but they will be underdogs. Um, Graham, make no mistake about it. England will be the favourites, um, and I think it, without sounding too arrogant, I think we need to not look so much at what Denmark are going to do because I think they'll be looking at it that way. They'll be looking at the game as pressures on England. We're going to focus our game plan on stopping England and I think we shouldn't focus too much on Denmark. I really do think that this team, for the reasons we've given, I think if we just focus on how we play and getting 
most out of our players and getting our tactics right. I don't think Denmark stop us. If we play really well, even 70-80% as well as we did on Saturday, I think we beat Denmark. And I'm not saying we should go 70-80%, but I'm just saying I think if we get close to that level in terms of looking solid at the back, winning the midfield battles, keeping the possession and then looking so threatening going forward. I think if we do that against Denmark, I don't think they stop us winning. I think we, we go through in 90 minutes, maybe 1-0, 2-0. God, I hope so. Um, Birkenhead, Matt, obviously, I think ultimately England, we haven't conceded in five. We've just basically walked into the semis, um, if we're completely honest. We're at home in front of 60,000 fans which is the first time in however many months that 60,000 people have been in the ground, and um, probably across the world, I think. Have Denmark got enough about them, circumstances in mind and, and who they're playing for and why they want to go further in the tournament, but have they got enough quality to offset England and cap off what would basically be like a complete fairy tale for them just to get to the final? I think they do. I think... Obviously, we're all, you know, there's a real wave of optimism over here. We're all caught up in it. But just because they aren't, uh, you know, we're not playing Italy or Spain or Belgium in this game, their squad is full of just real like quality players. They all play, you know, in the Premier League. There's a lot of them playing the Bundesliga. You know, like I say, Braithwaite plays for Barcelona. And I know, obviously, you know, his transfer there was a whole palaver. But they've got quality and you've seen they've got quality. Ericsson missing is huge for them mm-hmm. because he was the playmaker. He was their number 10. Everything went through him, but they've adapted how they play and they're a very tough team to play against. Of all the teams, like you said, they're, they're level below what you'd call, call you at the top, like you say, put England in there with Italy, Spain, your Belgium, Germany. They regularly get results against the, you know, the top teams, for want of a better phrase. And they've always been like that. And I keep just getting... Euro 92 comes in the back of my head where mm. it's such a similar scenario. You know, they didn't, they weren't qualified. They were called up two weeks before the tournament because Yugoslavia were banned. And they, you know, the famous story, they were on holiday. Peter Smeichel was on holiday when he got the call going, get back here. We've got a train. We've got a tournament. And they end up going through, you know, and they beat Holland on penalties in the semi final. And I keep, I can't get that image out of my head of if it goes, you know, They've, do, they've been there before and they've done this in a European Championships. But we've just got to be confident of ourselves. Like It's it's hard for us as England fans and against fans of our respective teams to, to be confident because we're not used to that, are we? We're not, we don't support these teams that win all the time. But the squad we've got, the plays we've got, man for man, they are better than the Danes. I think our performances throughout the tournament have been better than Denmark. Obviously, they've had a couple of real good ones, and they've been similar to us in that they started slow. Obviously, they had you know the terrible Ericsson situation, got beat by Finland. Unlucky to be beat by Belgium, but they've got better and better in each game, just as we have. And I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think we've got enough. And as uh, Southernmatt touched on earlier, it's just for instance, say Sancho starts and isn't having a good game. Well, fine. You've got Saka, Grealish, Foden, Rashford. Who do you bring on? There's no shortage of players. If a couple of players are having a bad game, there's so much depth there. That's the one thing we've got over them. And I think, you know, we've got game changers on the bench. So many of them. Not one or two like we've had in the past. We've got so many. And they haven't really. They've got good players on the bench, good solid players. I presume John Dahl Thomason's on the bench for them. Um, <laughs> I, I, I presume. 
and John well, Jensen got, as well. Yeah, yeah, just you know, they'll do a job. They're, they're still. <laughs> Is Gra- Thomas Graveson patrolling the midfield? Like, is he in there? <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, they've, they, see, they've had some good players, haven't they? And he still have. I, I love Holberg for them. I think he's a real, you know... Brilliant player. Doesn't, yeah, just a, what a solid footballer. They haven't got the, the star players. You know, Ericsson's probably their big star player, isn't he? And he's not there, so... He is their best yeah, player, we, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've just got to be wary of them. But I think, you know, the Wembley crowd, there's going to be... A, a, a thing about it as well in the past was... And you felt it in the Scotland game a bit where the fans would get on the team a little bit. You know, if things weren't going well at Wembley. I think even if things... Even if we go a goal down, they're not going to turn on the, the, the players. It, there'll be an even bigger roar. You know, it'll be on you. There'll be one boo and it'll be coming from you. In your yeah. <laughs> Boo! I, you know, I think we've we've got everything in the tank there to beat them. We've just got to turn up, and I, I believe we will. If, if one player is not having a good game, there's so many players on the bench there you can bring on game changer players all over the pitch. It's just an element, isn't there, where you get to like this stage in the competition with England, the semi final, and you just go, "Oh shit, what could go wrong?" I, I don't <laughs> think I don't feel like the team have that mentality. And you know what? Anything could happen in a game of football, and you, people could go, "Are ah, you were wrong with that?" But I don't think any of those players are going to go into this tournament into this game in particular with the mindset that we may have as fans. That's how I perceive them when I see them on the telly. They seem like from day one, they've gone with the best team in the tournament. We'll win it. It's just yeah. felt like that, even when I haven't believed it. And I, and I don't know what it is, but there's, like you say before, if we go 1-0 down on the set last minute, I feel like it, there's a genuine belief that the fans will be like, we're good enough to get this back and they will get behind them. I think the fans are getting to a point now where we're determined to at least make a final. But but here's a question for you, um, Matt, in regards to the game. We're the favourites because it's Denmark, because we're higher ranked, better players, all that kind of stuff. But would you prefer to have like maybe someone like Italy or Holland or Spain in the semi-final, or would you prefer just to get them in the final? I'd, on paper, I'd say give, give us the easiest route possible. Mm-hmm. Into a final, you're not going to turn your nose up, are you? If you said, Would you rather be playing Italy, Spain, or Denmark in the semi final? I'd choose Denmark, and that's no disrespect to them. If you asked any of those four teams, you know, us, Italy, and Spain, who would you rather play? You'd, you'd, we'd, all, we'd all pick Denmark by the same token. I don't think any of those teams want to play us. I wouldn't. I, I think Italy are very similar to us in a way, in the way they've gone through this tournament. In they rebuilt it completely, not that we had to rebuild completely, but you know, we, this has been coming for a six or seven years we've been hoping that this group of players would come through and you know reach their potential and live up to expectations and they are and Italy are doing the same in that I don't think anyone expected either of us to win the tournament to start if you know what I mean like there was no pressure from the media from either side but then there's a real groundswell of both teams as we've gone through the tournament that we are finally you know hitting those expectations I'd like to, you know, I think an Italy England final will be a hell of a game of football. And I think they'll be, I do think they'll beat Spain. Although, like, say, Spain have had, you know, what a story they've had, the way they've come through their games. You know, they won a penalty shoot, they had the worst penalty shoots that record than us. They finally won one of them. Coming through extra time against Croatia, even in the group, remember, they didn't win either the first two games, didn't score. And, they, you know, it was, it was a huge crisis. Oh, no, Spain, what a crisis. And then they go and thumb Slovakia 5 0. So, yeah, anyone would have chose Denmark. And it's got no disrespect to them. But no team will want to be playing us. I truly believe that the way we're playing at the minute. I agree, actually. On the, on the other side, looking in, I think someone the other day said, um, the, someone on Twitter, not English, um, said that anyone looking at the, watching the Italy versus Belgium game, no matter who wins, all the other teams in this tournament must be shitting themselves. And I thought, well, 
when you watch England at the minute, you must be shitting yourself as well if you're not English because we're playing that well. Um, and obviously anything can unravel at any point, but like at the moment, in the moment that we're speaking, that is very much the case. Um, so then Matt, I'll, I'll come to you for the next one. But um, when we looked at Ukraine, there was two names that popped out, Yomlenko and, and uh, Zevchenko. With Denmark, there's Braithwaite, Delaney, Christiansen, um, Heilberg, um, Dolbert, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Marler, uh, Schmeichel. There's a lot better team there, which we've sort of touched on. Um, but do you think when you match them players up one by one, there's any Danish players that you would rather have than, than an English player? Um, no. Ooh, maybe one. Who would it be? Schmeichel. Over Pickford? Or... Sorry to upset you and Jack. And, and Pickford's been absolutely brilliant all tournament, but I, I think Kasper Schmeichel's one of the best keepers in European football at the moment. Yeah, he's great. Like It's it's a definite debate. Um, We're very and biased. But like I say, that's, that's no detriment to Jordan Pickford at all. And I know you two are more biased than most of us, but just there's, there's, there's just something about He's a leader as well, isn't he? He's experienced. He's, well. he's a proper bloke as well, yeah, and a, yeah. a proper human being. And we've seen that with the, <clears throat> unfortunately, the two tragedies that he's had to put up with in the last three years. The one with the uh, Leicester City owner, he was the first out on the scene, wasn't he? And then he was one along with Simon Kier that was uh, first on the scene when, when Christian Eriksen collapsed a few weeks ago. And I just think in terms of, he's probably a slightly more solid keeper because he's more experienced than Jordan Pickford in my eyes certainly a much bigger leader and personality um, but that's not to say that I'm not unhappy with Jordan Pickford being our number one but if you go through the rest of the team it's tricky isn't it I can't see anyone else getting in maybe Hoiberg like we said maybe over one of Rice or Phillips that would probably be it in attacking sense absolutely not I wouldn't take any of their players over most of our substitutes, to be quite um, honest. And that's not being horrible to them. Um, and it comes back to the same question that you asked us for the Ukraine game, isn't it? We'd much rather be sitting here having the England squad to pick from for a semi-final than we would the Denmark squad. It's better players in the first eleven, and it goes much, much deeper than the Denmark squad. But at the same time, it comes back to the thing that I've mentioned before the German game, before the Ukraine game, that we've still got to turn up and do everything properly from first whistle to last. We can't just turn up and think we've got better players so we're automatically going to get ourselves into a European Championship final. We've got to earn that right. Um, and I'm confident that, that Gareth Southgate, first and foremost, and his coaching staff will pick the right team, the right personnel, the right system. And I'm as confident that that personnel and that system will go out and implement that game plan and, and, and have, have enough for us to get over the line. There was a reason I asked that question because I had a feeling that might be the one person you would pick. And my mind, my mind when I'm thinking about the game about match winners and getting people in places, my mind cast back to the Leicester Chelsea game where all the fans were back in Wembley for the first time. And for me, Schmeichel won Leicester the FA Cup with that save he made near the end. Absolutely tremendous. I think if the game goes as we expect, England will probably be the more offensive team, probably be the team with the majority of chances. Can Kasper Schmeichel pull off another performance that he did for Leicester in the FA Cup final to keep us out? Has he got the kind of ability to, to keep our attack and, and defensiveness out? Yeah, yeah. I, I bloody hope he don't know. <laughs> but 
<laughs> um, I hope he has an absolute nightmare, to be honest. I hope he chucks everything in his net and proves me wrong. And then everyone will go, why did you say you wanted cash for Schmeichel instead of Jordan Pickford on Thursday? But um, he's got it in him. Of course he has. He, he, you know, we only have to know who his father is to know that he comes from the highest of pedigree of goalkeepers. And um, I keep saying the same thing. If it come back to, if it was Denmark against anyone else and we wasn't in this competition, we'd all be rooting for Denmark and Kasper Schmeichel to go all the way. Absolutely. Um, but we are still in it and we've got to beat them. And I hope they have the worst performance possible. Yeah, snap. Yeah, absolutely. I want us to get to a European final and, and have a chance on Sunday to, to go and lift that trophy. And that brings me up my next question, Jack, as we're coming towards the end of the pod. Um, someone's got to win it, be it a Danish player, be it an English player. I'm not necessarily meaning the scorer or the person who gets the, the hat-trick or whatever it may be, but who's the person that wins the game for England or for Denmark on um, Wednesday? Uh, I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling um, because I just think he's had such a brilliant tournament so far. I think he's really... He's a lad that's come under quite a lot of criticism um, in his club career and certainly his international career. Be it he's on got the field. a gun tattooed on his leg. Oh, he's got a gun tattooed on his leg. What a bad lad. Yeah. Well, like, exactly that, Graham. Uh, not only, I was I was going to say, not only for what he does on the field, but also off the field, he seems to be kind of criticised maybe slightly more than uh, another player and maybe he's a slight easy target. And I really think he's answered people today that say, oh, well, he never turns up for England like he turns up for Man City. Well, he scored three goals. He's been a pivotal part in everything that we've done going forward. Uh, and I think I mentioned it last time. I think, you know, players that are on form in major tournaments just somehow seem to, you know, provide the difference for their team. And I think that Raheem Sterling's one of the informed players in this tournament. He has been throughout the, the whole way through. He scored three goals. He's been involved in a few more. Um, he's looked pacey, stretched defenders, defenders. He's caused all kinds of problems and I really think if 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 he has a good game and he causes problems and he has you know as good as a tournament he has so far I really think Denmark will be like other teams and they'll struggle to handle him I think we've touched on we've got so many options it's going to be difficult you know who to play I think personally I know what um, Gillingham Matt said in terms of if it's not broke don't don't fix it type thing and try and keep the same keep the team as, as close as you can to the last game I would just make a couple of changes and it's nothing against any of the lads that have kind of, you know, played badly around them, but I, I would play Henderson, <laughs> you know, typical Macam saying that, but I would play John Henderson just, I think he's big game experience um, and, you know, seeing the game over the line might, might you know, help us, I think, maybe take Calvin Phillips out. He's probably hugely unlucky to lose his position, but I'll put Henderson in and then maybe Grealish in, Grealish in for, for maybe Mason Mount, just because I think when Jack Grealish gets on the ball, he terrifies defenders and I just think in it, particularly in a tight game that Denmark might graft and might make it difficult and you know play really defensively and, and deny us space. I think Grealish might just, I hope it doesn't come down to one goal or one moment, but I think Jack Grealish might just provide that extra difference, that extra little bit, you know, you know, I don't know what you call it, star quality, shall we say, in the final third that might. He's the gather, the isn't he? He's the gather. Exactly. That's it. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes he's the type of player that, you know, you know, he, he just does something strange, whether it's take on a player or not make somebody or you know win a penalty or something like that. I, I I can't you know put into words what I mean, but it just might be that little bit difference, that little bit star quality that might just get us over the line. But I really think that um, you know Sterling Sterling could be the key for us the way he's playing and you know the, the goals and the the, the assists he's, he's had and involvement and you know, I think he really could cause Denmark's defence all kinds of problems. Do you think Sterling's been our best player in this tournament? 
I think so, yeah. Overall, I think, you know, we've, we've got quite a few contenders, you know, particularly the last couple of games. You know, Kane, maybe even Calvin Phillips, Harry Luke, Maguire. Luke Shaw's up there, Luke Shaw, I think. Luke, Luke Shaw, definitely, definitely Luke Shaw. But, yeah, I'd have to go oh, right Pickford. Sterling. Pickford, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's had, I wouldn't, wouldn't disagree. He's had, he's had two or three good games and a couple of good saves. Um, you know, a couple of outstanding saves. I think it was the Czech Republic game or was it when he tipped, tipped that one over the bar? And, you know, he's had a couple of good saves. But, yeah, Germany. I'd probably go... Yeah, Germany, yeah. And I'd probably go Sterling. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say I would agree on that one, Sterling. Yeah. And me too, for what it's worth. Gillingham uh, Matt, which I should have done from the start. Southern Matt, sounds like I'm trying to like separate the country, which to be fair, I am, but there you go. Um, <laughs> obviously, I think we're all going to go for England. I, I, the question I asked at the start was, which English or Danish player is going to go for all England fans? We're all hopeful. So we're going to go English player. Um, which player wins it? Which player gets us to the final for the first time since 66 for you, Matt? Uh, I'm going to be boring. Unpredictable. I want to say Harry Kane. I think he's up and running now. He's playing with confidence again. We've said that regarding that volley. He probably doesn't take that volley on or at the target if it was earlier on in the tournament. Mm-hmm. He's back to doing what, what Harry Kane's been doing for the last five, six seasons in a Tottenham and England shirt. And I think ultimately, if it is a tight game, it could come down to the difference that, that we've got a world-class number nine and, and quite frankly, they haven't. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it. You're right in the sense that it's a boring answer, but you can't disagree with it. If there's one man that turns up on his day, then Harry Kane's obviously probably the best player out of both squads. I think in, 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 all, in all honesty, uh, yep. for his work on the ball, his work off the ball, he's not just a, a straight, he's not like a Shearer, is he? He's more than that. Not that Shearer was bad, I know that's blasphemy on this podcast, but nonetheless, he was pretty decent in an England shot, I'll give him that. Um, haircut. Not quite as good. Uh, Weetabix's head. haircut. Uh, he needs to shave it off, Alan. Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, Tranmere Matt, which I don't know, I've called you all sorts in this one. I should have just kept the Tranmere and Julian, shouldn't I? I've been called worse. Yeah. <laughs> Even on this podcast. Yeah, but today by me messes as well. <laughs> called you Scouse today as well, which is even worse, isn't it? That was um, the most offensive thing that anyone's ever said to me. Yeah? You're never coming back, are you? Um, <laughs> Who would be the man that wins the, the game for you? And it's fine if it's boring. You can give me a random one like John Dahl Thomason if you want. But Yeah, but I can't argue. Sterling and Kane, I think Sterling has been our best player. Kane, you know, is probably the best striker, you know, number nine in this tournament, the best one. I think outside the box, I think it's not one man. I think it's a defence. I think it's that centre of partnership of Stones and Maguire that is back together and looks... You know, I mean, what would it cost to get them together at the same club? Would City ever try? You know, would City and United ever go in for one or the other? Because them as a partnership is now, you know, they were the partnership at the last World Cup. That's two semi-finals. And people forget, like Maguire, some people didn't think he was going to play a part at all in this tournament. Still, there was, and then there was that one of uh, in the past with Owen and Rooney and Beckham been injured. And you bring them in, they're not fit at the start of the tournament, and they come in, you know, and. He never quite looked good enough. He's come back in and it's like he's never been injured. He's straight back in. He scored the slabhead header. But he's just those two together. And he's he's a real leader, isn't he, Maguire? I don't think Stones is. You know, it's very much, you know, without getting into um, sexual fetishes here, the center half partnership needs, you have a duck, yeah, eyebrows raised. You need a dominant one and someone who, like, listen, you know, all good set of our partnerships like that. And I think Maguire's the dominant one and Stones is the one who, you know, takes the orders. What they get up to off the pitch is none of our business, is it? 
but you know, with their respective misses. But that, I think them as a partnership, and you know, we've seen we can go to a back five if we need with Kyle Walker. Trippier can come in. Shaw, you know, Luke Shaw's been a revelation, hasn't he? Um, Shawberto Carlos, a few people have been. That is brilliant. Declan Rice and Harry Kane. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, so someone mocked up a um, Panini sticker with Shawberto Carlos on. So <laughs> just. You know, if you had to pick one, I couldn't argue with it. Sterling and Kane, either of them, they've been the difference makers in this tournament. But like I said, we've got so many of them, it's so hard to pick just one. Just keep on. I've just got visions of Harry Kane in a gimp mask now, and I kind of get out of my head. Well, um, that's but, your uh, problem, to, not mine. In terms of who I think will win, win the win the game for us, <sighs> Sterling. I, I agree with with Jack, and I think we've all agreed with each other in, in ways. Um, I just think he's been our best player, and I just think even when he's sometimes frustrated, he's hung on to it a little bit too long. As soon the minute that you start going, oh, Sterling, he goes what and scores. So I'm going to go with Sterling. But um, before we go, as always, predictions and goal scorers. I don't think any of us have quite got it 100 right yet, so you never know. Actually, maybe we should all keep on getting it wrong because it's worked out. Um, Jack, who's your what's your score? Who's your scorers? Two uh, nil. Uh, I'm going to go Sterling and Kane. Uh, Gillingham, Matt? 2-0. Kane at the double. Tran near, Matt. I echo, I've, got him, I've got him each way at top scorer. Yeah, I, echo, I echo Gillingham, Matt. I think it's 2-0. I think Kane gets a brace. Uh, 1-0. Raheem Sterling. I wouldn't like that one nil last few no, minutes. That's too nervous. That's no. too nervous. I don't no, like right. that. Right. Extra time. Does it go at extra time on 90 mm, minutes? Nil nil and get one in extra time. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no. I chat from minutes. you about a German guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 90 minutes, I'm going to say. Um, as ever, thanks for joining us. Sorry there's not been two shows this week. Hopefully we've filled the, uh, filled the gap, but it's bloody hard work. I think we've done about 20 of these during the the tournament but we fully enjoyed it because well England is still in it hopefully by the time we come back England still will be in it because that would be a depressing depressing review show if we're not and hopefully we're back for the final with it as well um, keep the faith as always you know anyone Gillingham fans Tramia fans Sunderland fans listen to that you'll understand that turn of phrase if, if things don't go away but again as always thanks for joining do subscribe if you can be bothered if not that's completely fine cheers bye bye <laughs>